0: Welcome to week seven of our Starter from the Bottom podcast. I am Caleb Nixon alongside Joey Palizzi, and this week we are talking about another future Hall of Famer, but this time from the NBA. We will examine the life and career of current NBA superstar Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard was born in Los Angeles, California on January 29th, 1991. When he was five years old, his parents got divorced and began living with his mother in Moreno Valley, California. He stayed in touch with his father and visited him often in Compton. He did attend Canyon Springs High School in his freshman year. However, in his freshman year, he was not even on the basketball team. His mother had to work and had no ride to tryouts. The coach then refused to let Leonard onto the team. He did get to play football his freshman year, but he quit after that first year because he wanted to focus on basketball. He began to thrive at the game and transferred to Martin Luther King High School his junior year. He was ready for success. But just when thoughts were bright, that light was taken away. On January 8, 2008, Leonard's father was shot and killed at the car wash he owned. To this day, the killer was never found and remains unknown. Nonetheless, Leonard continued to play but now without his father there supporting him. In his senior year, he averaged 22.6 points, 13.1 rebounds, and 3.9 assists. Him and future NBA player Tony Snell led the team to a 30-3 record and won the state championship. Leonard earned Mr. Basketball for the state of California, yet he had little D1 looks. One school offered him a scholarship and he immediately took it.
1: He attended San Diego State University, in order to continue his basketball career. His freshman year, he helped his team win the Mountain West Conference tournament title and an appearance in the NCAA tournament. In his sophomore season, he took an even bigger step. Leonard led that team to a 34 and three record and to a number two seed in the NCAA tournament. He then led the team to a sweet 16 appearance. He averaged 15.5 points, 10.6 rebounds, 2.5 assists, and 1.4 steals a game. He was named second team All-American and decided
0: to enter the 2011 NBA Draft. Being 6'7 with a 7'3 wingspan and gigantic hands, you would think Leonard would have the potential to go early first round. Instead, teams thought he would be more of a defensive player. He ended up going 15th overall, just outside of the lottery to the Indiana Pacers. Did you think he was drafted by the Spurs? Well, he basically was. He was traded on draft night to the Spurs with two other players in exchange for guard George Hill. I am an Indiana guy, not necessarily a Pacers fan, but man, this might go down as the worst trade in Pacers history. In his rookie year, he was given the starting small forward position midway through the year. Let 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 me remind you, Leonard is also playing at a very young age with Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and Greg Popovich as his coach. They had been dominating the NBA for many years now. In his first year, he received all rookie first team and was fourth in rookie of the year voting. Statistics wise, he only averaged 7.9 points and 5.1 rebounds. However, the next year in 2012, 2013, Leonard averaged 11.9 points and six rebounds. This is still nothing near to the Kawhi Leonard we know to this day, but reminder, he's playing alongside three NBA greats. This season, he also made his first finals appearance with the Spurs. He played very well, averaging 14.6 points and 11.1 rebounds in the series. The Spurs lost the series to the LeBron James-led Miami Heat. After this season, Leonard began his dominance and solidified his status as an upcoming star. He only averaged 12.8 points per game in the regular season the next season, but it was his postseason work that got him this role. The Spurs finished 62-20 in the regular season, and they once again met LeBron James in the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. This time, Leonard averaged 17.8 points on 61% shooting and locked up James throughout the series. He won Finals MVP and was the third youngest player to do so. More importantly, he got his first ring, and as the trio of Duncan, Parker, and Ginobili got older, Leonard began to take over the Spurs. He increased his points to 16.5 in 2014 and 2015, but that was not the focal point of his season. He averaged a career-high 2.3 steals per game and ultimately won the Defensive Player of the Year award. He recorded seven steals in one of the games, which was his season high. He also joined Michael Jordan and Hakeem Olajuwon as the only players to win Defensive Player of the Year and NBA Finals MVP. Stardom was upon the claw.
1: Which is why on July 16, 2015, Leonard and the Spurs agreed to a five-year, $90 million contract. The Spurs knew just how good Kawhi was going to be in the NBA as he did the following season in the 2015-2016 season as he took a big step up in his game. He averaged 21.2 points per game to go along with 6.8 rebounds and 1.8 steals per game. The Claw would also earn his first NBA All-Star selection where he started in the West. He became only the sixth Spurs player in franchise history to be selected as an All-Star starter joining George Gervin, Larry Keenan, Alvin Robertson, David Robinson, and Tim Duncan. Leonard helped the Spurs finish second in the Western Conference with a 67-15 record. He also earned Defensive Player of the Year honors for a second straight season, becoming the first non-star non-center to win the award in back-to-back seasons since Dennis Rodman in 1989 and 1990. Additionally, he finished runner-up in the MVP voting behind Stephen Curry. However, the Spurs lost in six games to the Thunder in the postseason. The following season, Kawhi played better than he did the prior season. On opening night, Kawhi had a career-high 35 points and 5 steals in a 29-point victory against the Warriors. This season, Leonard finished with 25.5 points per game, 5.8 rebounds, and 1.8 steals a game. He would earn another All-Star selection, as well as being selected to his second All-NBA team, which he did sell the prior year. He also was selected to the All-NBA defensive team for the third straight year. In the postseason, the Spurs were destined for a deep playoff one. However, Kawhi suffered an ankle injury against the Houston Rockets, but they still won the series 4-2. Leonard would come back in the next series against the Golden State Warriors, and some would call this team the Super Team. After the Spurs got out to a 20-point lead in in the third quarter, Warriors center Zaza Pachulia stepped on Leonard's foot, causing him to re-aggravate that existing ankle injury. The Spurs would lose that game, as well as get swept in just four games. The following season in 2017 and 2018, this was a bad season for Kawhi Leonard. He missed the first 27 games of the season with a right quad injury, and he didn't make his season debut until December 12, 2017. From a month span between December 12th and January 13th, Kawhi only played in nine games. On January 17th, he was ruled out indefinitely to continue his rehab for his right quad. Leonard was cleared to play by the Spurs medical staff, but he didn't want to come back just yet and wanted a second option from his own doctors. However, in March, Spurs held a players-only meeting in which Leonard's teammates reportedly told him you have to return to the court. The meeting was described as tense and emotional, and Leonard did not play at all the rest of the season in 2018. As a result, Leonard was traded in the offseason. He was traded along with Danny Green for Jäger Portal, DeMarta Rosen, and a first-round pick. Leonard quickly adapted to the rest to the Raptors team, and they were immediate contenders. The Claw averaged 26.6 points, 7.3 rebounds, and 1.8 steals a game. More importantly, the Raptors had a great shot at making it to the championship. As for Kawhi, he made another All-Star selection, another All-NBA first team, and another All-Defensive first team. He also holds one of the most iconic playoff shots in recent years. In the deciding Game 7, Leonard hit a shot from the corner at the buzzer that bounced up the rim four time before finally going into the rim, giving the Raptors a 92-90 victory over the Philadelphia 76ers to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. He finished that game with 41 points. This was also the first Game 7 buzzer beater in NBA history. The Raptors would then beat the top-seeded Bucks in six games, and then go on to beat the Golden State Warriors in six games as well. Leonard was simply unstoppable in that postseason. This was Kawhi Leonard's second NBA championship. He was also named NBA Finals MVP for the second time, becoming just the third Finals MVP to have won the award with two different teams, joining LeBron James and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He is also the first player to win Finals MVP with a team from each conference. His 732 points during the 2019 playoffs was the third best scoring total for a single NBA postseason in league history, only behind LeBron James, in 2018 and Michael Jordan in 1992. However, after one season, Kawhi was a free agent and he wanted to play elsewhere. He decided to sign with the Los Angeles Clippers for a three year, $103 million contract. In the 2019 season, the Clippers were one of the the best teams in the NBA with the duo of Kawhi and Paul George. Kawhi averaged a career high 27.1 points per game, 7.1 rebounds and 1.8 steals a game. He was named to another All-Star game, was part of the All-NBA first team, and was an All-NBA defensive team first team. However, the Clippers disappointed and were a second round exit in the postseason. This season, the Clippers and Leonard are determined to make a deep postseason run. Leonard is of course having a great year, averaging 26.8 points per game, 6.7 rebounds, and 1.7 steals a game. He was also selected and just played in the All-Star game in February. The Clippers are fourth in the West at 24 and 14 and hope to finally get to the Conference Finals, something they have never done in their history. So to sum up Kawhi Leonard in just 10 seasons, he is a five-time All-Star, a two-time NBA champ, a two-time Finals MVP, a four-time All-NBA team, a six-time All-Defensive team, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, and of course was a part of the 2011 All-Rookie team.
0: Yeah, that's pretty crazy. 10 years. I mean, you look at that by itself. And as we mentioned, that's probably a Hall of Fame career by itself. And he's only played 10 years. He is 29 years old. And, you know, we were talking before the show, he's probably considered to be in that age range that Curry and KD are in, where they're in their early 30s. Um, But, you know, when you truly think about Kawhi, he's been in the league 10 years, but he came in young and he's only 29 um, and in my opinion, he is right in the middle of his prime.
1: 100%. I mean, right now, you see the game he's taken. He's, he's a great ball player. He can score anytime he wants. And his defensive abilities, man, getting those steals, those blocks, that's a big part of his game. And looking at his career, that's a major reason why, you know, the Spurs decided to take a chance at him early because of his defensive skills, which we'll get to later.
0: Yeah, most definitely so. We'll go ahead and circle back around to the childhood. Obviously, he was born in Los Angeles, um, which probably played a little bit of a role as to why he decided to join the Clippers here uh, two years ago now, I believe. Uh, so we see that I in mean, his childhood. I think the most interesting part and probably the most devastating part of his childhood was the death of his father, not to mention it was only uh, 21 days, so three weeks, before his birthday, um, I believe it would have been his 17th birthday. And you think about that um, just just three weeks after you lost your father, you have to celebrate your birthday for the first time without him. And, you know, I think this experience of the the killing of his father has really impacted not only his playing, but also his personality. You know, we always think of Kawhi as a quiet guy, um, n- not really expressing his personal life inside the game of basketball i mean you couldn't really you, you've never seen his kids you've never seen his wife he just i think he looks likes to keep his personal life away from basketball and i think this is part of the reason as to why
1: i think 100 percent that is a major reason you know fame you know with fame there comes a, a lot of uh, paparazzi and a lot of people hating on you and not saying you know what happened back then but just Kawhi Leonard man he just wants to keep his life safe he wants to keep his family safe he saw what happened to his dad in a young age and he just wants to prevent that you have to imagine that a major reason why Kawhi is in the NBA today has to do with his father's death and you know started from the bottom it's not from you know he didn't go to a good division one school or didn't get drafted high because he did San Diego State a D1 school you know he did get drafted in the first round 15th overall but he started from the bottom and he had to deal with the death of his father at such a young age. He didn't have a ride to try out all these things build up to the player that Kawhi is today.
0: Yeah. Not to mention, uh, his father's case is still unsolved and that's still one of the most devastating stories. Um, and in, in the NBA to this day, I mean, just to know that his father died and they don't, they don't know the man that did it. They don't know why he did it. No motives. And, uh, the killer remains unknown. So that's just another piece of information that's tough for Kawhi. Um, But, you know, ultimately, you said it, Joey. It's it's just – it's a start from the bottom. I mean, that's got to be hard for him. But we see in his senior year, he has a great year, and he, he stands out not only in the state of California, but in the whole country. He averaged 22.6 points plus 13.1 rebounds. Him and Tony Snell led their team to a state championship, and he was Mr. Basketball. And, you know, usually when you hear those things, those all those things together in a sentence, you're going to think, well, he's a high high D1 player. He's going to go to Duke. He's going to go to North Carolina. Maybe he'll go to Oregon because he's from wet, the western uh, side of the United States. But no, he only had one team look at him. It's crazy that, you know, no one else wanted
1: Kawhi Leonard. Nobody. And I think this speaks to also started from the bottom. Yeah, he went to a D1 school, but this was a guy who was literally mr basketball of california the best basketball player in california and he only got one offer and that was from san diego state so it just it questions me why other teams other schools weren't offering Kawhi leonard you saw what he did his senior year you saw how great he was leading his team to the state championship and kind of just baffles me that no other team no other school took a chance on him
0: yeah you know and I think a key theme we always tie in with this podcast is an underdog, and that's what Kawhi Leonard is. And I think at every point in his career, he had that underdog role at some point, whether it not be making his team the freshman year because he missed tryouts to the point where only one D1 school recruited him to the point where uh, he he was on the Spurs roster uh, and only averaged like seven points. But still, I mean, he was an underdog. And so we see him go to San Diego State And, you know, he gets into the NCAA tournament both years that he was there. You know, he stayed through his sophomore season. But that second year, that second year is where he I I really think he proved his underdog mentality. I mean, uh, San Diego State is not like a well-known school that's always getting into the tournament. And, And that's worth noting. Leonard led that team to a 34 and three record, three losses, number two seed in the tournament. And that's not I mean, that's not easy. And he and he was also second team All-America in the whole country. And, and they won two games and lost to the eventual NCAA tournament champions, the Yukon Huskies, who had Kimball Walker on that roster. And that was just I mean, to get to the Sweet 16 and to lose to that Yukon team, that just shows how much of an underdog Leonard had been his whole college career and high school career.
1: Yeah, I mean, look what look what he did in his sophomore year. Yeah, you mentioned number two seed in the NCAA tournament. It, it's not easy. You have to grind each and every day. And I think, you know, this was one of the seasons, I think it was a sophomore year where he would stay up until four or five in the morning at the San Diego State gym and shoot around and practice his game. He worked hard. And that is why Kawhi is now one of the best players in the NBA. Because I think of this moment in college, you saw he would stay up four or five in the morning every night or get up at three, four in the morning to shoot basketballs at the gym every day. I remember one day, I think it was three, four in the morning. The janitor turned off the lights. What did Kawhi do? Kept shooting in the dark. And I think that speaks to Kawhi Leonard and how his hard work did pay off.
0: Yeah, and that's you know that's maybe something we don't always mention too much. Yeah, they start from the bottom, but you know they got to put in the work that nobody's that nobody sees. They have to put in this work that's going to get them to the top at some point. And as you mentioned, Joey, that's a great example of of how he did work when nobody was watching. You got to outwork thousands with, or you got to, there's this quote, I think it's by Dame. And I I think it's, you have to outwork thousands. You know, I'll find it. I'll get it for the end of the podcast and point it back out. But uh, yeah, you just got to work when nobody's watching. So then you, when people are watching, you can outwork everyone that else is competing. And so when he went to the 2011 draft, he did go to the Pacers and Joey, I, I mentioned this in the script. What are your opinions on that trade for Pacers fans and Pacer history? What do you think of that trade going down as the worst in man, Pacer history? It's a bad
1: one. It really is, man. Just looking at Kawhi Leonard now, and imagine if he was a Pacer with Paul George. I mean, they winded up, they winded up being together anyways, but you know, that would have been a great team in Indiana. Cause they also had great role players, but you know, you see this often with uh mid mid lottery selections, uh, end of the first round, players get traded. I remember the Bulls a couple of years back, they traded away Gary Harris for Doug McDermott. It's just, it just happens. That's just what happens in, these middle round, in the middle first round of the NBA draft. And obviously the Pacers, they didn't see anything that they liked about Kawhi. You know, he was a great scorer, great on the defensive end, but they didn't like anything else from him. And I think that is why they, you know, they went out and they went to go trade him and try to get a player that and George Hill that they wanted to win right now because they knew Kawhi was going to be a guy that's going to take a couple of years to develop. He was still young. I think he was 19 years old when he was drafted. So still had a couple years to develop and the Pacers were in win now mode. So that's why they went to go and get George Hill.
0: Yeah, I agree. They didn't see that Kawhi Leonard playing as much as a focal point role as George Hill could. Um, and so before we really get into his career, We mentioned it a couple times in the script. Uh, The Claw is his nickname now. He's got his logo. Um, He had a little bit of a conflict with Nike a year or two ago. Um, But, you know, for people that don't know, he's called The Claw because of his hands, his gigantic hands. And uh, I'll go ahead and read you the length. His length of his hands are 9.75 inches, and they have a span of 11.25 inches. And, I mean, you look at Kawhi's hands; he palms a basketball like it, like it's a mini hoop, like you're playing on a mini hoop. I mean, he palms that thing like it's just it's it's amazing to the normal regular human, and for him to be given that nickname, the Claw, and to go along with it, I just think it's pretty crazy how huge his hands are. It's also
1: crazy; his hands are so big. Yet he can shoot the ball well too from deep. You know, he's not a bad three point shooter. He can make it a three-point shot anytime he wants. And you see guys with big hands in the NBA, Shaq. Shaq was one of the worst shooters, worst free throw shooters in history. Kawhi, you know, I think they have very similar hands. I think maybe Shaq's is a little bigger, I think. Maybe it could be Kawhi's. But they're very similar with their hands and how big they are. But Kawhi, and even how big he is, six seven, six eight, he is a great shooter for his size and his hands. And props to him.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the hands are crazy, but the way he translates uh, his shooting ability with those big hands is even crazier. So in his rookie year, I mentioned it, uh, playing alongside three Hall of Famers. And I mean, really one of the greatest teams we had ever seen before, um, before really that LeBron James trio area trio era of Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh and him. Uh, this was probably one of the best teams we had seen in a while um, throughout the early 2000s and you add Kawhi Leonard to that and you know they start contending right away and of course you're going to expect that when you have pop as the coach as well as Parker Ginobili and Duncan but you know he was a key role for that team fitting in playing his role coming in as a young player you don't always want to be that role player you're kind of looking to jumpstart your career and be a superstar but he fit in. I mean, he, he averaged 10 to 12 points a game, but he also played defense, which was huge for that team. And that was a huge reason as to why that team succeeded for a good three, four-year span.
1: Especially you look at Kawhi's first two seasons in the NBA. He wasn't scoring a lot. He wasn't. But what was he doing? He's playing defense. And that was big. And at this point in the NBA, the Spurs and everyone around the NBA were saying that Kawhi Leonard will be a great defensive player, but nothing else. That's what they were saying. Only defensive guy. He turned it around the next couple of years and was a great scorer. But I think it also helped him that, you know, he played under Greg Popovich, who is probably one of the greatest NBA coaches that we've seen today.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that's something I think everyone can agree upon that Pop is one of the greatest coaches this game has ever seen. Um, And so you mentioned to Joey 12 points in his 2012, 13 year. It was a year after his rookie year. Um, He also played well in the postseason. However, they did lose to the Heat that first year in the finals. Um, But I think the key thing here is when they came back next year, the Spurs, they were ready. They were 62-20. and That's a great record. I mean, 82-game season, and you're winning 62 of those. Can't do much better. And so when they got to that same spot, that same role, playing the finals, same team, Miami Heat, led by LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh, Kawhi Leonard just – you know, he didn't play like a, I guess, a scoring superstar, but he played very efficient. Shooting 61% through a seven-game stretch is very, I mean, it's just insane. You don't see that very often. To average 18 points with that as well, it's it's well, it's well deserved of his finals MVP, especially because of his defensive job on LeBron.
1: Well, you know, I would say that, you know, the postseason was why Kawhi, as we'll see, in the next season, you know, he, he got a big payday. And I think it all started because of the NBA finals where he sc- averaged almost 18 points. And You got to imagine this guy is 21, 22 years old. He's literally my age and he's in the NBA playing against the best player in the world in LeBron James. And he stuck his ground, guarded him well and was a major reason why the Spurs won and props to him for winning that finals MVP because he played
0: a great series. Yeah, and I think it's, it's, it's good to point out here that, you know, this we, we mentioned this trio, but at this time, uh, he's in his what? I, I believe it's his third year now. So this would be his third year in the league. And uh, Duncan, Parker, and Ginobili, at this point in their careers, they're all pretty old. I mean, I want to say Ginobili was – I want to say he was one year away from retirement. Duncan was two, maybe three Parker was right on the edge of that, too. So, you know, I think this is the point where Leonard realized, like, these guys are getting older. It's time for me to step up and start scoring a little more. And Tim Duncan had a great finals in that series. But, you know, I think Kawhi Leonard, the reason he won finals MVP was because he he really began to take over that Spurs organization.
1: 100%. I mean, it, like you mentioned that they were getting older, and I guess – Greg Popovich what he saw was you got to be someone else who got to take this team to the next level started to give Kawhi Leonard some more playing time the next season started to get Kawhi some playing times in the finals and he finally got his opportunity and at this point in that finals right there I think everyone around the country realized that Kawhi Leonard he's a great scorer he's a great defender and he could be one of the best players in the NBA someday
0: yeah I agree and you know I want to point out one more thing about that NBA finals and I'm sure you've seen it, Joey, um, but I'll go ahead and describe it. So there's a, that video of of LeBron in the finals. And I believe it was from this finals when uh, LeBron is at the free throw line. He's, he's getting ready to shoot free throws and Kawhi checks in and, you know, LeBron looks over his shoulder real quick and he does a little, gosh, darn it, like maybe not in those explicit, maybe in more explicit words. But, you know, just to be the best player in the world, look behind you and you see him come in a 22-year-old, 21-year-old, that just goes to show how much respect LeBron had for Kawhi in that series.
1: Yeah, I mean, if he's the best player in the world is saying that about a young 21, 22-year-old player, you got other things coming for you because it just showed Kawhi was a hard worker. He was guarding LeBron so good. And he was scared of his hands because those big hands, man, they get steals, they get blocks, and it makes it hard for, you know, I guess, for players to drive on him because he's got those
0: big hands. Yeah, and talking about steals, talking about defense, transitioning into that next year, he continued that really finals role he had, increased his points per game to 16.5. But most notably, uh, he won Defensive Player of the Year by averaging 2.3 steals. And it's pretty crazy. The company he joined in Michael Jordan and Akeem Olajuwon as the only players to win Defensive Player of the Year and NBA Finals MVP. That is really a trio that is almost unmatched. I mean, you look at former defensive players of the year, you don't see them win an NBA Finals MVP too often.
1: Well, Kawhi Leonard was also a small forward. So, that in itself, especially the last couple of seasons in the NBA, it's been a lot of centers, power forwards winning that award. So, Kawhi Leonard was able to do it. A young player, again, winning that award as a small forward. So, it just showed that he was coming, he was going to payday
0: very soon. Yeah, and he did five year, ninety million. That's pretty crazy. Um, you know what was interesting to me, though, as we've seen the NBA transform into what it is today. He signed that contract on July sixteenth, twenty fifteen, and I'm not sure if that was the super max. I would think no, because he I don't think he made an All NBA team, but I could be wrong. I just think it's worth noting out that when he signed his next contract, it was for three years, but he got 13 million more. He had two years less and he got 13 more million dollars. I think that's just crazy to show just a quick brief preview of what these next five years are going to bring for Kawhi.
1: Yeah. And at this point, Kawhi, he was at the top of his game and going back to that contract for a player, you know, one defensive player of the, of the year and only average 16 points per game, you know, getting that contract was, was big for Kawhi because people did think that was a little too much for Kawhi. He hasn't shown that he can be a top of the line, you know, guy in the NBA, but I think the Spurs, they knew what they were doing. They knew, they saw Kawhi, how hard he worked, and they knew that he was going to be a great player, a superstar player in the next couple of
0: seasons. Yeah. And it paid off. The next year, he averaged 21.2 points along with 1.8 steals. That's a pretty good stat line right there. And he also earned his first all-star selection in the West. Um, and he became the sixth first player in franchise history to be selected as an all-star starter. Uh, you know, that's just a great accomplishment. He's along with a lot of great names there. Um, but he also helped them get to a 67 and 15 record you talked about or I talked about that 62 and 20 record and Duncan Parker and Ginobili have all gotten older and I'm not even sure Ginobili's with the team anymore that he might be but they increased their wins by five it just I mean and he he, he repeated defensive player of the year he stepped up he used that contract and he took to the Spurs to a whole nother level in my opinion
1: yeah and you saw the Kawhi effect here you know as Tony Parker, as Tim Duncan, maybe Manu Ginobili, if he was still on the team, got older, someone else had to step up. And in this season, it was Kawhi Leonard. This guy finished second in MVP voting that season, second. And we know Curry had that great season that year, won MVP, but he finished second. And to be compared to Stephen Curry at that time, huge accomplishment for Kawhi Leonard.
0: Yeah, and they did lose to the Thunder in six games that year. I do believe that was when KD and Russ were still there together. So I mean, that's a respectable loss. It is a tough. I mean, that's a tough team. Um, and so, that following season when Kawhi came back, we just saw him improve even more. And he he, he increased his points per game by four point three, uh, kept the steals at one point eight, was another All Star selection, and he was all he was selected to the All NBA Defensive Team for the third straight year. And that just speaks to him. But, you know, I think for me, the worst part of this season was in the playoffs. They defeated the Rockets. Um, he did get injured. And, you know, that Warriors series for me was very, very tough to watch.
1: It was just, it's sad what happened to Kawhi because that Spurs team, we we mentioned, they were up 20 points in that third quarter. And then down goes Kawhi, just like down goes the team. Because then the Warriors, they went on a huge run. They swept them in four games. They wound up winning that game, too. Which is, it's just sad. And many people have said, and I agree that, that Zaza Pachulia was dirty. Why don't you think that was a dirty play?
0: Yeah, I, and I have to agree with it. I mean, let, let's be honest here. They were up 20 points because of Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I looked up his stat line, what he had in that first game, and remind you, this is through three quarters. This isn't through the whole game. This is in three quarters. He had 26 points, and I believe he had eight rebounds, three steals, and four assists. Um, that's pretty crazy. That's that's a stat line through three quarters. Not to mention, he, he also had a plus-minus of 21. I mean, the, the, the Spurs were up 20 points because Kawhi Leonard was there. And, you know, I was looking forward to this. I was I was happy for Kawhi. I was hoping that they would beat the Warriors in the conference finals, get Kawhi to another finals. But, you know, one play and one dirty play, in my opinion, really can turn around how the rest of the season goes.
1: Yeah. And this instance right here is a great what if. What if Kawhi didn't get hurt? Would the Spurs have won? Would they have won another championship? It's just a big what if. And playing out how they did the first three quarters this series would have been a great series it would have been a fantastic series probably even the seven games maybe even the Spurs winning that it's just crazy how one injury to one player hurts that whole team and it did because they got swept in just four games
0: yeah and this was a start to Kawhi's injury problems for about a year and a half that we saw the Warriors did go on to win the championship that year and you mentioned it. It's a it's full of what ifs. We'll never know. But it is full of what ifs. But I think the longer lasting effect is with his injuries. And we saw that next year um, where he continued to rehab his quad um, and and the players then on the Spurs really were pushing him to get back onto the court, which honestly is something you probably don't want to see. I think players health should come first really above anything. And yeah, your teammates may be frustrated because you know the potential of the team with Leonard, but at the same time, your teammates are supposed to have your back, say, hey, get healthy, and then we'll we'll start making our runs, start winning games again. Um, and, you know, I think that meeting was a big role as to why Kawhi decided to demand a trade and get out of San Antonio for good.
1: Yeah, 100%. This is why Kawhi is, wasn't a San Antonio Spur after this season. It's just It just sucks what happened with San Antonio and the Spurs because I would like to see Kawhi play out with the Spurs, you know, the rest of his career, if he was still going to be there or whatnot, but it just sucks. And Kawhi, he knows his body. He knows when he's ready. Although the medical staff, you know, said he was cleared to play. He didn't, he wanted to get a second option. I don't know what the problem was with that. Why he couldn't, why he couldn't just feel comfortable with his body. And when he's ready, he can come back. And his teammates, I think they were selfish and I'm glad, you know, Kawhi, he left because he. I know he doesn't want to be a part of that organization that's going to treat him like that.
0: Yeah, and you know, that trade, um, bringing that up right now, Joey, I got to get your opinion um, here, because I really, I mean, let's look back at this trade here. Danny Green and Yaka Pirtle, um, I believe, was who he was traded with. Danny Green played a good role into that Raptors championship. Um, <clears throat> but Oh, he was, Jacoperto, my bad, went to the Raptors. But Danny Green played more of a role for the Raptors. But, so the Spurs also got DeMar DeRozan, who uh, was coming off of a, you know, he was coming off a pretty rough year in Toronto. It was full of ups and downs. But they also got that first round pick. And so, I just looked it up. I'll remind you that Keldon Johnson was that pick that they got. Keldon Johnson is playing a very good role right now for the San Antonio Spurs along with DeMar DeRozan. In my opinion, DeRozan was an all-star this year. I thought he should have been. And so when you know, I think really this turned out to be a very balanced trade in the long run for both teams. The Raptors got a championship. The Spurs got arguably two players that are contributing to their team to this day.
1: Yeah, but if I look back at this, I would say the Raptors won this trade just because they got a championship out of it and the Spurs – they're they're not anywhere close to a championship right now so I think looking back yeah is it a fair trade of course I think it's very balanced because that Kelvin Johnson pick you know he's turning out to be probably a solid player for them but looking back the Raptors won a championship in their first year with Kawhi Spurs they're still a long way off so I'm gonna go with the Raptors they won this trade
0: yeah I agree I do think Kawhi is just It was more valuable, and it led to a more valuable asset for the Raptors. Um, He had a great year that year, 26.6 points, led them to that championship. And so they beat the Warriors in six games. It was a series where KD got hurt, but maybe the most iconic moment in Kawhi's career. And it's just, it's still amazing to watch that shot go down today. Joey, what were your thoughts and first reactions when you saw that shot either live or on social media after that game?
1: Yeah, I was actually watching it live because I saw how the game was tied with just under a couple seconds left. So I turned on my TV really fast and I saw when the shot went up, I was like, he's fading away. There is no way he's making this. And then I see the ball bouncing the rim. I'm like, okay, overtime, let's get it. Because I was rooting for the 76ers person. I thought it was time for Ben Simmons Joel Embiid, to finally make a nice run and get to the finals. But they that ball bounce, 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 and then in and this was like the first time in Kawhi Leonard's history in the NBA where he showed some expression and you know it was great to see him finally you know being happy on the court and just a great moment all for the NBA and for that Raptors team.
0: Yeah I like to call it the definition of shooter's touch that was truly you don't see a ball bounce off the rim four times and go in unless it's a shooter's touch it was a very tough shot but yes I agree with you Joey it was one of the Best moments for Kawhi. I did love as well to see that happiness expression on his face. Um, And so when he led after that series, he beat the Bucs and then the Warriors. He got the NBA Finals MVP, joining company with LeBron James and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the only two to have won the award with two teams. And so that was just a great year. He had a great scoring run throughout that playoffs. He really carried um, them. and that was just a great run for him and the Raptors.
1: Well, look at this. He beat the top seeded Bucks, who we know were unstoppable that season with Giannis. They were so good. And no one thought that the Raptors were going to have a chance against the Bucs. They won. But then you saw the Warriors and everyone was like, I don't know, can they beat the Warriors? And they did. And props to Kawhi Leonard, because he was the main reason. You know, they did have great role players like Kyle Lowry. But because of Kawhi Leonard, this team was able to beat two great teams in the postseason and winning it. And you look at – he joins some elite company. We've mentioned this. He, before, he's joined Tim Duncan. He's joined Hakeem Olajuwon, Michael Jordan. and Now he joins LeBron James and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in just certain categories. This is a player who was just joining elite company at such a young age in the NBA, and it's great to see
0: with Kawhi Leonard. Absolutely. And after that run, he got the contract he deserved. I mean, he was super max potential by then. So I just want to ask you, Joey, how much do you think – I brought this up at the beginning, um, but how much do you think that the role of his hometown being Los Angeles played to the fact where he signed with the Clippers?
1: I think 100%. I think another big thing, he wanted to play with a superstar. And the Clippers at that time, you know, they had they had a lot of room to sign two great players. And being from his old town, he decided to go – and play for the Clippers and go try to recruit another superstar. And they did get Paul And for the Raptors. I, I feel bad for them that they only got Kawhi for one season, but it was kind of like we knew that was coming because I don't think Kawhi wanted to play for the Raptors. He got traded there, but he knew with his contract, he only had one more year left. So he wanted to do the most he can for them and then leave. And I think both sides are happy that they got a ring and Kawhi got his money afterwards.
0: Yeah. I have, I mean, the Raptors still have to be happy. Yeah. Nobody, I'm not sure really anyone came into the year expecting Kawhi to stay with the Raptors past one year, but you know, I mean, he got the Raptors to the highest point in the NBA that you can be. I mean, the Raptors couldn't have asked for any, anything more. You could have asked him to stay for more years, but I mean, he got you to the point where every NBA team strives to get to. And, I think that's the key point for the Raptors. It was time for Kawhi to make a decision for him. He got drafted in San Antonio. He stayed there for a while, got traded to Toronto. He really didn't have any say in that. And now he gets to go home, play alongside PG, and and he's just thriving there right now. They had a disappointing playoff run last year where they blew the 3-1 lead to the Nuggets. But, you know, that was the bubble. It, it, anything could have really happened. No fans. Um But, you know, you said it, they're fourth in the West right now. I mean, they're probably – I think they're a half a game out of second. So they could finish anywhere from first to fourth, maybe even deeper. But they're destined to make a deep playoff run. They have the roster. They have the superstar leadership. Um, Leonard is just – I think he's in the right position right now. And with all of his accomplishments, I think him and Paul George have the ability to take this Clippers team deep into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and they'll of course have the opportunity. They'll make the playoffs, but you know, if they want to get there. They got to beat some good teams. You got the Suns who are playing great basketball. You got the Lakers, of course. You got the Jazz who are the best team in the NBA right now. So if the Clippers, if they they want to get to their first ever conference finals and even the finals, they have to beat these good teams, and Kawhi has to step up. And I think he will step up come playoff time.
0: Yeah, I mean we've seen it before. We we just mentioned it in his playoff run. He. He was scoring as much as LeBron James and Michael Jordan in previous playoff runs. He has the ability to do it. It is the question if he turns it on at the right time. Um, He's got to lead his team. You mentioned it. The West is very good. No team in the playoffs right now is under 500. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be tough. And Leonard's got to step up, play to his superstar potential and, and the, the, the Clippers do have the potential to get to those conference finals or possibly the finals.
1: Yeah, I mean it's 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 going to come down to Kawhi. Can Kawhi step up? We've seen it before. We've seen what he done in the postseason before. Why they, he's won two Finals MVP. Why he's won two championships. He stepped up come playoff time, and it's going to be another test for Kawhi. Last season, he played good in the you know he played good in the postseason, but it wasn't good enough to get him past the second round. This year, let's see if Kawhi steps up and they can make a playoff deep playoff run this year.
0: Absolutely, we will see. And, uh, I mean, to wrap it up, two, two-time NBA champ, two-time finals MVP, four-time All-NBA team, two-time defense player of the year, uh, six-time All-Defensive team. Joey, just w- which one of those accomplishments stands out the most to you for Kawhi Leonard being only the age of 29?
1: You know, there's <laughs> I could say all of them, but the thing that really – really look, just looks after me that I'm looking at right now as a six-time all-defensive first team. That's a big accomplishment. You know how hard it is to make that six times, too. I think that's crazy, and it just shows how Kawhi is a great basketball player and one of the best defensive players in today's game.
0: Absolutely. He remains to be that great defensive player. And, you know, we will have to see how his journey turns out. He's obviously already worked his way from the bottom so much, But he continues to do so people still doubt the Clippers and their ability to get past the conference semifinals and so Kawhi Leonard he's been in this similar position and I really expect expect nothing else but for him to lead this Clippers team to the conference finals at some point in his career. Thank you for tuning in to our last week of the Winter Quarter Starter from the Bottom podcast. We will be back at the start of spring quarter. So stay tuned and we will see you in a couple weeks.